should we should we do this another day? Oh wait, I don't want to talk about where the Crawdags sing another day. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next? I am. Oh, nice! You got and some I'm, ideas. I have some ideas, but I'm not ready. So we'll yeah. see. It's hard. What time is it? Is everyone late? Five minutes late. Did you watch the Marine YouTube? Mm-hmm. Escape from Hugh Hall? I wasn't paying attention, <laughs> so I only watched the video. And I was like, wait, that was the yeah. whole episode? You guys just looked at pictures? And then I went back and listened to the first half of it that wasn't on video. Yeah, the first half is really good. Yeah, it was great. I think Maureen should join yeah, movie Bill. and William should come back to movie club. For sure. I, yeah, I agree. Yeah, he's, he was open for it sometime in the middle <laughs> when we went to our dinner in Salt Lake over Christmas break. So traffic. Is that Rachel? Rachel? Yeah, but I don't know why my video is not working. It says it's on. The boys are watching Disney Plus downstairs. The boys, the boys. That's from Romeo and Juliet. You're so cultured, Chad. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the Claire Danes, Leo <laughs> DiCaprio, Romeo and Juliet, worth <laughs> when the when the Montagues pull no when the Capulets pull up to the gas station it goes the boys the boys. <laughs> Did you ever wear like a white T-shirt with a Hawaiian shirt unbuttoned over it so you could be like the Montague boys from Romeo and Juliet? That wasn't ever my look, but I bet I did it once when I was a teenager. Yeah, that was a look at junior high for sure. Yeah. You still trying to turn on your video, Rachel? Yeah. Is it not working? Could it be in settings? Nope, you just like click on the screen and then it says turn on video. No, I think it's the computer that's not allowing it. Oh, computer? Yeah. The, there might be like a screen thing over the computer. Like a little, uh, what's it called? Uh, lens cover that you can like move side to side up on the camera. Oh. That work? There you are. Yeah, there you go. It's a privacy setting, so the internet can't spy on you. Oh, yay. Neat. Are we waiting for more people? Well, Jessica's on, but has not said anything, so I'm not sure if she's on. Anthony's going to join late, and Paul said he's going to join late. Maybe. Jason's not on. So is that everyone? And Will's not on. Maybe. 
I think so. Let's start off with Terry's horror movie roundtable or roundup. Um, all right, so I want, I need to make it clear that I had COVID, so I was confined in bed for over a week, and I want Sean to plug his ears, because this is really embarrassing. All right, I, it was my goal to, like, make a list of the movies that I watched so I can report more accurately to you guys, although I still feel like I missed one or two movies. So, you ready, Chad? I'm ready. This is all right. And some of these might be more thriller rather than horror, but I went into it thinking, like, it still has some horror flavor to it. All right, so we've got The Order, The Snowman, Devil's Due, House of Darkness, Return to Salem's Lot, Alone in the Dark, Backslash, Jacob and the Hole, Orphan, The Apology, The Seed, The Gin, Gone in the Wind. Go back, to, go back to Orphan. Go back to Orphan. The okay. first orphan? The first yeah. one and not the yeah. second one? The first have you seen one. the second one? Not yet. I want to, but I have to pay for it. Oh, okay. I listen so I'm not to there a yet. podcast where they recap horror movies sometimes. Mm -hmm. And they were doing like the orphan sequel. And it sounds insane. <laughs> <laughs> insane in a good way? Uh, yeah. It's got like a famous actress. What's her name? Uh... Jessica Biel, maybe? Oh. It seemed huh. in a good way. Anyways, keep on going. Start over from the orphan. All right. Orphan, the apology, the seed, the gin, gone in the wind, a wounded fawn, phantasm one and two, stay out of the effing attic, uh, Becky, the gathering, the retreat, werewolves within, hell baby, aquarium of the dead, kindred, Satan slaves, and Satan slaves communion uh house of darkness jacob and the whole about half of insomnium i need to go back and finish that and i've been watching alice in borderlands which is really really good so how many hours is that <laughs> i don't want to talk about it <laughs> i've been doing a lot of art it? well it's not just like sitting there watching stuff i work on my art yeah i am somewhat productive except for the covid is this on a tv sorry what is this like up on a tv that you're watching all these uh most of them some of them i'll like have on my phone while i work on stuff but lately i've been camped out downstairs in front of our big tv and i'll Do just work kids, there like, come in and out or is this like completely secluded from kids um i mean sometimes they're at school but um i usually have the Roku close by deposit if need be. So there is um any, opportunity. Any takeaways from that huge list? Um, Alice in Borderlands is great. Werewolves Within was adorable. Hell Baby was a little problematic. Um, Justin Long always dies in horror films. I don't know. That's oh, and Satan Slaves is great. There were a couple of. Uh, I think that one's Indonesian. It takes place in Jakarta. Is that how you say it? And it was surprisingly yeah. good. Wow. That was excellent. Good job, Carrie. Thanks, I try. Oh, and Hi. Phantasm 1 is like the weirdest surrealist movie I've ever seen. It's like from the 80s and very clearly so. Uh, that's fun. 
the end. <laughs> nice. We've been trying to get everyone together on the same day for the Weezer Winter discussion review. And those Wiggins brothers are just hard to tie down to a day. It's been Something. crazy. He was up until like two or three last night working. Yeah. I worked all weekend and then I worked till three last night. I have 50 hours on my timesheet and it's Wednesday. But I watched the movie, unlike some people in movie club. Yeah, you suppose it. <laughs> you watched it over two days. It's a long one. Oh, Jessica, how are you? Sorry, the I'm fine. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I was I was typing. Um, There's drama on the chat tonight. Um, no, I'm fine. Sorry, I was late showing up. Sean got home late from a work thing. How am I? I am fine. I had something I was actually going to tell you guys, and I can't remember what it was right now. Um, I'll have to think about it, so you may have to come back to me. Um is it baby related? No, but the baby is very large. If you want the baby report, <laughs> it's measuring no, like three, three to four weeks ahead size wise. So that's exciting. <laughs> um, <laughs> what? Is your daughter big when she was born? Yes, she was definitely big. She was not quite that big, but yeah, she was nine pounds, 11 ounces. But it is what it is. I'm also a large person, so it's not unexpected. Um, there was a show that I wanted to talk to you guys about. I started The Recruit yesterday. Watched the oh, first how is that? episode. I liked it. I mean, I watched the rest of them because we... I like spies. We love Noah Centineo in this house, so that's on the list. Actually, it's not on the list. I'm going to add it to the list right now. And me and Rachel watched uh, White Lotus season one. Oh, that's maybe what I was going to talk about. I can't remember. We watched both seasons of White Lotus. What did you guys think? Uh, it's a little bit too cringy. And it made me feel weird and have weird dreams. <laughs> it's very, it's like trippy, but not, I don't know how to describe it. It's every episode like made me want to watch the next one, but it also left me feeling worse, like successively yeah. worse about the human race in general. Um, yeah, I think that's what it is. And I, on the one hand, I don't like that because it makes it really hard to watch and hard to feel good about watching it but on the other hand I like it because even the people that you're supposed to sympathize with when you think about it you realize they don't really deserve your sympathy like what's her name the daughter's friend in the first season um yeah who's supposed to be yeah the one that like ruins that person's life yeah there it does I don't know how to talk about about it because I don't know if you, yep. you guys are gonna watch it, but um, 
But that yeah. reminds I, me we, of Ray Donovan. What's Ray Donovan? It's oh, the, it's a show on what Amazon Prime. But like, I finally had to stop watching it because it made me hate everybody. Is like, that it just such Leah a sour Schreiber. look? Schreiber? Schreiber. Yeah, I do like him, but yeah, I've heard it's really good. But yeah, it just makes you like not like humans. <laughs> Humans are the worst, you guys. What do you think about it, Rachel? Um, I love Jennifer Coolidge and everything she does. And um, totally didn't expect a lot of things that happened. You guys should definitely think- watch the second season. It's a lot more. It's a lot more Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah, my cousin said she liked the second season better. So we will. I am interested in watching second and third season of Murders in the Building because now they have Paul Rudd and Meryl Streep. Yeah, no way! Meryl Streep on for the third season. Which is exciting. I've only seen the first season, so no spoilers on the second season. Please. The second one's a lot of fun, too. Martin Short and... I just uh, love watching him and Martin Steve Martin together. They're so fun. <laughs> yeah. And they have so much fun, and it just makes it really enjoyable to watch. Love it. Rachel, you have anything to report? You want to show your quilts off? Ooh, yes. What's the quilts? Um, right now or later? I don't know. Oh, you can do it later. Right now, we got to get into it because I've got 10 minutes and then I've got to hop off. <laughs> and then you guys can do movie club and maybe Wait, so Anthony have... and Paul will jump on. So you have 10 minutes and then you're gone from the movie club for the rest of the time? Yeah, I got to go to choir rehearsal. <laughs> oh, I thought you only had choir rehearsal for half an hour and then you were coming back on. I misunderstood. No, in a half an hour, yeah. Oh, dear. I know. Rachel's like, what are we going to do? <laughs> like, you're going to talk about the movie. It's <laughs> the worst movie. I'm just, I'm just a listener. Rachel, are you going to MC? No, no, no. Take over Chad's responsibilities? I'll pass that torch on to Sean. I nominate Jessica. (laughs) Somebody needs to give us like a well I guess we don't need a list of the sections because most of the people aren't here and we just went through our our own sections. So Jason (laughs) Yeah you're breaking up Carrie. It's Jason not coming on at all? That's right. Jason is bowing out of this episode, and all of your pleas fell on hardened ears and a hardened heart. I was really hoping to hear from Jason. Me too, especially uh, since it's a movie about a naturalist, yeah. and he has such an interest in the natural world. I would have loved true. to hear the meshing of that. Mm-hmm. I was disappointed that I didn't know anything about it going in, and I thought it was... I don't know. It's my fault for thinking this, but I thought it was based on a true story. Because why not base something like that on a true story? And then when it was just all making up novel facts, I'm like, what? That's, I got really mad. That's all. That's all I'm going to say about it for now until I listen to you guys talk about it when I'm putting this episode together. And then are you going to record your own response and tag it on to the end? 
You know I will. I'll make an like we're trading, like we're trading diss tracks back and forth. Sounds charming. All right. Do you guys want to start the movie trailer, and then Rachel can Rachel can go over the the summary, and then we can get into the movie. Or is there any other details that you want to go into right now? Does somebody have the movie trailer pulled up already? Okay, let me pull it up really quick. That's Jason's job. I know. Everything's all out of whack. Without Jason, we are nothing. Here, let me let this ad play really quick. We need to love Jason. Is Chad going to say he loves at the end of the podcast if Jason isn't here? Chad's not even going to be here at the end of the podcast. I know, but still, that's like half the podcast. He's going to put that in his diss track. Do you really have to like rehearse tonight? Like Henry can just do it and you can just be there, but be on your phone. Wow. You know what? That's a great point. No, I've got to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I miss you. Hold on. Before you do that. I didn't get any of that, Chad. Maybe take your video off. You're breaking up. Turn off the video. Hold on. Before you do that, I've got to do my section. Oh, yeah. Or you can go inside if you want. All right. Hold on. Let me turn off this video. Stop video. Okay. Now, can you hear me? Yes. Anybody? Yes. All right. Well, the last movie we watched was, what was it? Um, about, about a, a boy. boy, five stars. Well, we changed the name of about a boy to about a boy, five stars. So that's just the name of about a boy now. Then me and Rachel watched Falling for Christmas with Lindsay Lohan, five stars. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, three stars. Francis Ha, five stars. Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer and the Island of Misfit Toys, four stars. Decath and Kim Code. Five stars. Hunchback of Notre Dame, the animated one, four stars. National Treasure, three stars. Bullet Train, four stars. Scooby Doo, three and a half stars. Where the Crawdads Sing, three stars. And Avatar, the original one, four stars. That's it. That's my movie recap since the last time we were together. All right, you can go ahead, Jessica. Okay, let us go. Let me know if you guys can't hear the sound once it starts. I've, like you, heard the tall tales told about the Marsh Girl. An abandoned child. I had a family once. They called me Kaya. A little girl surviving in the marsh on her own, reviled and shunned. Hello, Miss Kyle. I hear y'all by muscles. Sometimes I feel so invisible. I wonder if I'm here at all. You are. 
think you're gorgeous. I want to get to know you better. There's no fingerprints on the railing, grades, nothing. No fingerprints? Being isolated is one thing. Being hunted, quite another. You didn't see me here. The Marsh girl, she killed him. I know you have a world of reasons to hate these people. No, I never hated them. They hated me. They harassed me. Oh, they never did see want me to beg for my life? I won't. They're not deciding anything about me. In spite of everything, I'm trying to stomp it out, life persists. Way out yonder, where the crawdads sing, the marsh knows one thing above all else. Every creature does what it must to survive. Nice. All right, I'm going to read my letterbox review and then I'm going to get out of here. Sound good? Sounds good. I says, I don't like the name Kaya. Daisy Edgar did a good job. Chase was easy to hate. I don't like the name Tate either. She did it. Her clothes are so clean and nice. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> All right. See you guys. See you next time. Hey Chad, before you go, can hey, you tell the can you tell the story about the author with like her poaching murder? Oh yeah, she went to Africa. No, I can't. I just read the Wikipedia. I, I've got that. I've got that one ready to go. Okay, okay, okay Sean's gonna do it. All right, <laughs> okay, see you guys. Bye. Bye, Bye Chad. Bye. All right, do I go first then? I'm so lost. <laughs> Aren't you supposed to do? <laughs> yes, wait, you're supposed you to give tell us the synopsis why you of chose the movie. It yeah, why you give chose the synopsis. it? I think you were supposed to do the synopsis before we watched the trailer. First, but this yeah. is a special episode. Well, Chad's about to do it after. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, so do that, <gasps> and then, and then you can either give us your thoughts on it, or we can go around, and you can go as part of the rotation. Whatever you prefer. Sorry, talking to kids. Um, okay, so I chose the movie. Did I do that first? Let me just do the synopsis real quick. Excuse me. I have really bad allergies for some reason, and I stopped taking the allergy medicine I was taking because it didn't seem to be working, and I bought some new one today, but I forgot to take it. So I've been sneezing. Um, so the synopsis, the movie starts out with some boys finding this dead body by the marsh in the marsh and um the police come and check out the scene and just like automatically kind of in their minds want it to be a murder i guess rather than like just an accident because it happens to be chase whatever i don't know his last name who's pretty popular in town son of like wealthy people and um he's gonna be big in the town so a lot of people know him 
this family has some influence. So I guess the police really want to get, um, I don't know, they just kind of have an agenda to think that it's a murder. So they think that it is the Marsh girl because everyone in the town just has their judgments of the Marsh girl. And they go into her house without a warrant and they find, uh, well, I don't know if that happens at the beginning. Anyways, the, the movie goes back and forth between Kaya's childhood and the present after this kid Chase dies. And um, basically her family lived in the marsh in a family home that's been there for a while generations like one or two or three generations and the dad is abusive so the mom checks out and leaves she kind of has a mental episode and just leaves the house and then there's four other kids I think are there four total okay so there's three other kids the two oldest girls no, there's four other because there's the two boys and then two girls in the middle and then she's the youngest so she's the fifth Oh, okay. So the two oldest leave and then the next two one leaves and then her next older brother is still there, but he can't handle it either. So he ends up leaving and telling her that she needs to leave too, but she doesn't know. She's really young, probably like eight, I think, if I remember right. And so she doesn't know like what else to do. So she just stays with her dad. Her dad ends up kind of being nice to her for a while but then her mom sends a letter and he um, ha- flips out and then he ends up taking off too. So she's just left by herself in this marsh house to fend for herself. So there's this uh, black couple that owns a store and she decides to go and sell stuff from the marsh to them. And they kind of look over her throughout her life. And um, she just fends for herself. She becomes friends with Tate. They get into a romantic relationship, but Tate's dad doesn't want him to get sexually involved because that would could ruin his chances of being able to go to college. So Tate goes to college, says he's going to come back, but he doesn't. So she gets abandoned again by Tate. All the while, it's going back and forth to the future and um, the trial. So she is she's in jail, and this nice man, who's a lawyer, decides to defend her, but she's not any help, and she just is pretty absent from everything in the trial mentally. Um, and then Chase comes, they have, she and Chase have a relationship and at first he seems like a super good guy. He's really open with her, but really he's just using her as an outlet and he turns out is engaged to some, another influence influential person in this town and when she finds that out then she gets mad at him doesn't want to see him again 
and he becomes abusive just like her dad and then she understands why her mom left because you can't stand the abuse and the whole time you think oh maybe she did do it but probably not and then um she kind of the townspeople end up so the only part that i really liked about the movie that really was of substance for me was right before the end of her trial where her lawyer tries to get something out of her and she's and he says that I can't remember what he says to her but she's like they they're not judging me they're judging themselves they've been mean to me my whole life and they're just judging themselves based on like what they choose whether or not I'm bad person or not because if they think I'm a bad person then they are the bad people I guess is her just anyway so then the trial comes to an end oh Tate Tate came back she doesn't want to have anything to do with him either trial comes to an end and um she's found innocent and she gets out life kind of goes back to normal she hates Tate but then they fall in love and then they get married well they don't get married physically but she says that they're like already married like nature wise and they live together forever until she dies and then when she dies you find out that she did he finds evidence that she actually spoiler did murder him so um that's it. I picked the movie because I was on my quilting Facebook group and I asked for movies that have quilts in them. And I probably should have picked the other movie that was mentioned, which was <laughs> How to Make an American Quilt. Maybe I'll pick that next time. We'll see. Were I there any watching. quilts in this movie? I was looking out for them. But I was also working while I was watching. I was kind of disappointed. I thought there were going to be like at least five. I, I only personally saw two. So yeah, I only remember one that. specifically, but it made a distinct impression in my mind. Yeah, the first one was around a lot from her childhood. Um, so also I had read the book. I didn't love it. I know a lot of people loved the book and loved the movie so did you read the book after you chose it for movie club or before I had read it probably a year or two ago shortly after it came out I think I don't know when it came out actually you rated it on Goodreads on February 26 2020 2020 three years ago so um I didn't, I just wasn't, oh no. Ah, Anthony's not going to come. Okay. Did you guys get that? Yes. I actually really wanted to hear what he was going to say because I probably would agree with him on a lot of things. I have a lot of thoughts that I was excited for Anthony to express for me. I know, isn't this sad? 
and can someone convince him that is very, very exciting though someone convince him to leave his very super justifiable <laughs> absence that's like the best possible reason to to miss them. yeah <laughs> but i was looking forward to it too maybe we'll have to revisit this we'll do our part and then they can come back and do theirs yeah they can take a response later <laughs> with jason anthony and paul well maybe paul will show up we'll do a part two so I don't know if I should keep going or if I should let somebody else go and then go last. Whatever you want. How, what, what are you feeling? Oh, I don't. I hate being in the lead. Um, let somebody else go. Okay. Go around the circle. Is there anybody okay. that wants to go first? Because if not, I'm just going to make you guys go in the order that you appear on my screen. I'll go first just because I feel like I have the least to say about it. Okay. Um, one thing that bothered me is I felt like Tate and Chase looked too similar to each other. Like, I wish they had found, like... Literally, the first time that Chase shows up on the screen, I thought it was Tate. Yeah. And she was seeing him on the beach. And, like, when they when she would see, like, one of them on the boat, I'm like, how do you know if that's not Tate? How do you know it's Chase? So... Did all uh, young men just look the same in the 60s? Maybe. Kind of reminds me of BYU, where sometimes I'd have a hard time. Like, <laughs> even recognizing Sean sometimes, I see him, like, walking Gee, around campus, and I'm like, is that Sean? I think it, it is. How does that I make you feel, Sean? I'm going to save my thoughts for a private conversation with Carrie. <laughs> You're blonde and blue-eyed and average height at BYU. <laughs> I'd I have to, it. like, watch, watch for your walk or something sometimes from a distance. To be fair, I have very poor eyesight. So now I look like everybody else and I walk funny too. Yes. <laughs> no. Everyone has distinguishable walks. Jessica does. Chad does. It's a good walk. It, there's nothing wrong with it. Thank like you, all my I'm friends, honored. I can tell them apart by their walk, even if I'm not wearing my contacts. So Didn't we? I, just, I feel like we used to imitate people's walks and make you guess them. <laughs> <laughs> No, we would. Yeah, because, yeah, I remember Gordon had a very... Mm -hmm. I, I specifically and remember Josh doing too. Gordon. Yeah, they both did. But anyway, um, I felt like Kaya was very not like the other girls. I even said that to Sean because he caught me watching the tail end of it, and that was a little annoying. Um, I thought they were going to go fried green tomatoes with the ending and have one of the Black characters be the murderer so I guess it's a good thing that it was Kai and they didn't copy that I guess now trope but that's probably a trope in itself that it was her that did it um I was kind of half expecting it to be Tate too so I love David Strathern I was happy to see him in this um the drawings were really nice that's cool that she was like a published author um it just felt very like almost like a bigger budget lifetime movie, like melodramatic. And it took itself very seriously. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that she ended up with Tate. I felt like, especially since he had known her since he was little, it just felt right that they ended up together. So yeah, I just kind of want to know everything that Anthony has to say about how problematic it is. 
because like yeah there's definite issues with it but yeah I feel like he would explain it better but anyway that's all I have to say mostly I was just annoyed how much Tate and Chase looked like each other the end very good I don't have anything to add to that <laughs> does anybody else want to go next I guess I'll go um I don't really have a lot of thoughts about what was problematic about it other than that something felt off about it to me but I literally watched it today so I haven't had a lot of time to like parse that feeling I definitely I mean the thing that kind of stood out to me was uh jump in and his wife whose name I don't remember how they kind of step in and be this become the surrogate parents and fill the role of the you know the Morgan Freeman role of the the magical black person in this story and we don't really get to know them outside of their role as caretakers and like protectors to her which I don't know um I have a list of things that I was recording as I was watching the start and then I just kind of stopped writing things down and watch it and just watched it but here's my list I really love the opening scene of like you're following the heron flying over the swamp to the ocean it was just really beautiful um isn't Daisy what is her name she's Irish right she's British I'm just offended that they hired a British woman to play someone from like coastal North Carolina. And I feel like that character would have had a very thick accent and she didn't even really try to do an accent. So that felt like a missed opportunity. Um, but I do love her. Oh, and maybe one of the things I was going to talk about earlier is have any of you guys watched Normal People? Man, it's so good. So that was, I think, her first role. And kind of her breakout, it's a show on Hulu that came out during the pandemic. And it's also based on a hit book, but it's it's very, very, very good. It's a really good show. So highly, rec highly recommend watching that. It's, I don't even know what to say about it. It is very emotionally taxing to watch it, I guess is all there is to say about it but it's really great she and the guy that's in it do a really good job um so that in one of the first scenes somebody walks into like a diner and the waitress is like you want the usual the Brunswick stew and all I could think was that Brunswick stew is one of the most disgusting things I've ever eaten have you guys ever had it it's basically like take chili and dump a ton of sugar into it it's just like sweet chili soup <laughs> i love looking at your faces right now um but it is a super regional thing but i hate it um and the scene where they catch her where she's like running away from them in the swamp and she dives into the swamp water and it's like a little bit murky but still pretty clear and she's just swimming through the swamp 
that's not what that water would be like. It's disgusting and it's full of debris and it's full of animals and stuff grows in it. And it probably is actually pretty clean, but it's just full of like organic material, you know? So there was just a lot of things. Like I've spent a lot of my life living in the Southeast and there were a lot of things about this movie specifically, the way that it was made that rain falls. Um, I loved when she first went to the jail and there's a cat that she just kind of adopts the jail cat. Her dad was the worst. I was really kind of upset that none of her siblings thought to take her with them when they left. They all just left. Like the oldest son was an adult. The sisters I'm sure weren't, but none of them even thought to try to come back or contact their youngest sister again they just left her there and like I understand you're in a crisis situation and a severe abuse situation and you need to do first the thing that will get you out of that situation but it felt very I don't know unnatural maybe that none of them ever yeah because I told my oldest Owen not he well he's not my oldest but I was taking my oldest somewhere to school I think and Owen was 11 and I woke him up and I said hey I'm going to take you to or take Henry to school and Lawrence wasn't home and you need to watch Cameron and Paul so get out of bed and watch them and Cameron and Paul Cameron was like five Paul was like two at that time or something and so I leave and I get back and I just see Cameron walking into my house with holding Paul's hand. And I'm like, what is going on? So Owen had never woken up and got out of his bed. He just rolled back and went right back to sleep. And Cameron thought he was alone. And he was so mad at me. I mean, just he searched the house and then he goes, okay, Paul, come with me. We're going to go over to the neighbors. So they go over to our specific neighbors that they know we hang out with a lot they were at home but he was knocking on the door he was holding Paul's hand the whole time you know he's like Paul let's go let's do this and then he comes back and I catch him at the my door and then like it was very dramatic for everybody but I could not imagine any of those kids just leaving the youngest daughter yeah it doesn't right. make any sense yeah nothing about that rings true and I don't know their lives but it seemed like they all had good relationships with each other, right? And so if even your five-year-old is going to take care of the two-year-old in what he thinks is a crisis situation, those kids are going to be do something, right? There's going to be some communication. There's going to be some attempt. It just didn't make sense to me. Well, and it seems like that was kind of done on purpose, like to establish that she has these abandonment issues and then Tate leaves her and like she can't forgive that because she's been abandoned by everyone else but like it kind of rang false like it didn't connect up like it would need to to justify having you know all her siblings just abandon her I don't know it felt it felt incomplete yeah did not like Carrie what were you gonna say oh um I was just gonna agree with that but another thing that I remembered was that they said the title of the movie not once but twice <laughs> in the movie so that's annoying 
like some movies can pull it off but i felt like this movie didn't i didn't catch the second time i caught the first time where it was the last line of the movie oh i it was really corny (laughs) i kind of fast forwarded through the end really quickly because it was time for us to meet oh dear so i missed that but i'll have to go back and watch like the last but yeah i agree about the abandoned thing i feel like one of them would have taken her or would have eventually come back for her like that and you saw like how happy and how much they loved each other at the beginning like yeah everyone got on so well when at least the dad wasn't home so yeah yeah it makes it made no sense to me and like it was nice knowing that at least the mom did try to come back but obviously circumstances intervened but (sighs) the siblings that was hard um But also that whole stretch of her being alone reminded me of so many other books and movies that I read and watched growing up. Like, did any of you guys watch, read, is it Island of the Blue Dolphins? The one about the girl that <laughs> ends up on the island by herself? I must have read that like a thousand times. Sean read that to the kids. Really? No, we, we never read that one. I but we did read. I tried to, she didn't want to read it. But we did read some other child survivalist stories, My Side of the Mountain and um, Hatchet. Hatchet, yeah. And I think there was another one, too. But I'm, I yeah. have never read Hatchet, but um, Sean, my husband, grew up in the panhandle of Florida. And it sounds like the education system where he grew up was not great. Um, and he read Hatchet every year in like five different grades in a row that was like their big novel that they read they just kept repeating for some reason and nobody was like we read this last year so I'll have to read it someday maybe it'll help me understand him (laughs) all Um, will be made clear I also was annoyed just as much as I like the setting of the movie was very beautiful. There is not that much Spanish moss hanging from live oak trees anywhere in North Carolina. <laughs> it's just not a thing. And I had to like look up where it was filmed and stuff, and it was actually filmed in Louisiana, um, which makes a lot of sense. But and maybe there used to be more Spanish moss, but I've spent know. a lot of time in Louisiana, and I've never seen Spanish moss like that. Really? I. I I noticed that when I was watching the movie. Yeah. And maybe it's because I'm not always going to like the prettiest parts of Louisiana, but it seemed like a lot. The only place, I mean, like Alabama around Mobile, like down there on the Gulf Coast, or there's this island way down near the Georgia-Florida border that we go to sometimes um, for Labor Day, and there's like a ton there. But I have spent a lot of time on North Carolina beaches, and I have I never remember seeing Spanish moss there. So that was weird to me. Um, what is my next note? Um, Wait, I just thought of something. Wasn't Peanut Butter Falcon also in the North Carolina marsh? Oh, it may have been. It's our second movie. And it looks totally different, same... right? Yeah. I'll have to look it up. Where was that filmed? Was it filmed on location, Sean? Do you know? Yeah, it says... I think so. North Carolina and Georgia. 
Hmm. We're just super into marshes, you guys. Whoever has the next pick better pick a marsh movie. Uh oh. What's that? Isn't there a Nicolas Cage or maybe it's Matthew? Oh, Mud? Is that a marsh movie? Ooh, what about Adaptation? That's a good marsh movie. Oh, is that the Natalie? We're not going to watch that one. I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love that book. Oh, I love everything about it. Um, funny. Oh, no, you're thinking of... Um... No, Sean, aren't you thinking of the one with Meryl Streep and Chris Cooper? Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm thinking yeah, of And Nicolas Cage playing himself and his twin. Annihilation, I think. That's a good like one that too. Weird, surreal. That is the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, the bear with the human voice. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I love it. Um. Okay. So when Tate is talking about what happened to his mom and his little sister and how they died in a car crash, keep in mind that they live in coastal North Carolina, right? He says they went all the way to Asheville to buy his birthday present. I don't know how familiar you, familiar you are with the geography of North Carolina. Asheville is the westernmost city in the entire state, like the large, westernmost large city. It's way over in the mountains. There are like at least three other large metropolitan areas between the coast and Asheville. It makes no sense that they would go all the way to Asheville to buy a bike. Like, they would go to Raleigh, they would go to Fayetteville, they would go to Greenville, Winston-Salem, like, any of these other places before they even hit Asheville. It so do you, do you think the author, like, just picked a place and didn't know what they were writing about? Or, like, how do you explain? I guess it's possible. Rachel, do you remember that from the book? Do they talk about it at all? Tony, you listened to the book I, too, didn't I, you? Yeah, I, I read the book too. Um, somebody was from Asheville. I don't think it was Tate's parents, though. There was somebody's family that was from Asheville that might explain it, but the reason they went to Asheville was for the bike. So yeah, kind of irrelevant. Weird. Didn't Chase mention Asheville? Hey, Paul. Hey, Paul. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Good. How Good are now you? that you're here. Yes. It was terrible. You flirt, Tom. <laughs> like, oh, it was the all-time worst until gosh, were sparse in numbers. Were there more humans before and they just left? Chad Jason. was Chad. here and he had to leave us. But yeah, Jason's not here. Anthony, you saw why he's not here. Yeah, but he berated the film and then didn't say what he like he wouldn't even show up to like uh, like defend his opinion the one common thread in all the comments so far is we all really want to know what anthony would have said yeah about what the heck he's like this cranial <laughs> giant like i'm sure he could unpack it i have to admit I'm, I'm only halfway through so i don't know if the good guys win at the end or or not i know what uh, we're gonna you can't have do to avoid spoilers as we're talking about this but the spoiler is very important for one of my stories. <laughs> no, it's okay. I I'm aware of what actually does happen in the story um because I was paying attention to the scuttle and the butt when it when it came out with the like surrounding the author and the killing of a sacred deer in Zambia or whatever it was. Yeah. But, uh, 
that's so. that's the thing we still have to talk about. Oh, really? Okay, sorry. Yeah. We'll get there. I was just talking about why his family went all why Tate's family went all the way to Asheville to buy him a birthday present when it is like the farthest possible city they could have gone to from the <laughs> North Carolina coast. So it's it's real heavy the discussion. No, that's um, all right. And that's the only other comment I had was that when Tate gets her a birthday cake. And Paul, I don't know if you've seen that part yet. I have. I, I cut her I'm the weirdest the shaped piece <laughs> I've ever seen. It's just like this tiny little wedge right at the edge. Like she doesn't want him cutting the name, but you could have still like cut in half and then cut a normal wedge. But he cuts her like this isosceles triangle. I don't even know if that's the right kind of triangle. It's so weird. I was really. Anyways, um, and then about the ending. I feel really weird about the way that they frame the truth of her actions as like she's just a natural creature doing an a an a thing that comes naturally to it. It's amoral, it's not right or wrong, it's just defending itself, right? Like obviously her action I I guess I can't say obviously it was morally justified, but I think it was probably morally justified because she was in a really difficult situation. But to frame it that way feels also weird to me. And oh, one more comment is that I liked the way that they made the covers of her books because I had some books like that growing up and they looked a lot like that. And like, here's one of the ones that I had. If you go look at the cover. When I saw the cover of her first book, I was like, wait a second, that feels so familiar. Is this based on a true story? And I had to go look, like, confirm, and obviously it's not, and obviously there's some differences, but I appreciated that little bit of tie-in to reality. The one thing that is authentic? Yeah, the, the one authentic thing. This, the, the moss isn't real, but the books are. That's all that matters. And that's all I have to say about it. Who wants to go next? We Let's have hear from Sean. Yeah. yeah, I guess Sean. I'll go. Um, so this has all kind of been a whirlwind for me. I listened to the book because I saw on Goodreads that Rachel had read it and gave it four stars. And like four or five of my other friends had read it. And I'm like, okay, like this is a book people are reading. I'll read it and then I'll watch the movie. And... I was really on board for like the first couple chapters, but as it went on, it just got like worse and worse. And I liked it less and less. And by the end, you know, I'm listening to this and every time they'd say something stupid, I'd just be like, oh my gosh, this book, like I'm out loud cursing the gods that, you know, this book exists. But um, even so it was like movie club. It was fun experience to like be consuming a piece of media that other people are consuming that I can see like who liked it and who didn't, whatever. So um, I did that. Then I was looking at reviews and kind of went down the uh, research rabbit hole of the author's history. So I'll talk about that in a minute. But then um, I've been crazy busy with work. And so I ended up watching the movie last night while I was working on this monitor and watching it on that monitor, which I think was like exactly as much attention as this movie deserved. It seemed like like a really, really 
good adaptation of the book. Like the things that I didn't like about the book, I didn't like about the movie. And like, if the book worked for you, the movie's going to work for you. It just like, wasn't, wasn't really for me. Um, so I guess like my overarching complaint is like, just nothing felt real. Like I didn't believe anything. Like there's this girl and I think she's actually supposed to be six when she gets left alone with her dad. And so she's going around the swamp, like fending for herself in this boat as a six-year-old played by this actress who it's like, she's from California. Like that's not a girl that lives in the swamp. Um, and just every step of the way, like, I don't know, she has no education, like no exposure to anything other than the swamp, but then Tate comes and teaches her how to read. And all of a sudden she has these like books or these, she has these works that are like publishable, ready to go um, notes and drawings where she has, not to say that like you have to be educated to be able to do any of this stuff, but it's so unrealistic. And then in both the book and the movie, but it's much more egregious in the movie because you can see everything. Like the only people that are interested in her are these boys that think she's so pretty. And every time she shows up on screen, it's like, she's wearing so much makeup, her hair's perfect. Like who's cutting her hair? How does she know that you're supposed to like shave your armpits? Like, why does she care to do that? Like everything about it just doesn't, doesn't, ring true um there was somebody testifying in court in the movie that's like oh we noticed her getting us on getting on the the bus because she had makeup on and her hair was combed she's had makeup on and her hair combed the entire movie um so i don't know they're they're probably like i since i read the book and watched the movie i feel like i have lots of like i have a laundry list of things i didn't like about it but that's kind of like the overarching thing is like just none of it really rang true so um yeah the other thing that like was really shocking to me because I wasn't expecting to find it I was just looking through Goodreads reviews and somebody said um like I can't believe everybody likes this don't you know that she's wanted for questioning in a murder and I was like whoa okay let's look this up so I read a whole bunch of news articles and it's just the the craziest story so she and her husband were like conservationists um, and she, I guess she has two other books that did really well that were were nonfiction about, you know, their experiences in Africa. And there's a lot of um, kind of controversy about what they did. There's accusations of them being racist. You know, they go over there and only care about preserving the animals and treat the people kind of worse than they treat the animals and things like that. But the, the big controversy is um, <clears throat> they were in Zambia. And basically her husband, you know, their, their group, but her husband specifically, like, was the organizer behind it, created these, like, anti-poaching groups that were not really supported by the government or the military or anything else. But they're, like, these armed, militarized groups trying to stop poachers. And they'd fly around in helicopters and, you know, they were all armed and all sorts of crazy stuff. And um, the because of their, you know, their books, they were kind of famous. And so they got some media attention and ABC, I forget one Dateline or one of those shows sent a, a camera crew over to film them and see what was going on. And they filmed a murder of one of the poachers. Like um, they show like the video shows parts of it, but I think the, um, the person who's shooting the shots is off camera. And it's just all kind of weird. And it's presented in a very like nonchalant way. It's not like this is a murder that happened in Africa. It's like as part of their work, 
this man was shot and died. And it's just... I mean, in their defense, if he didn't want to get murdered, he shouldn't have been doing a crime, right? Right. But that's the other part that's super dodgy about it is like, you know, judge, jury, and executioner. Nobody knows who this guy was, if he actually was a poacher. Um, I guess the victim was never identified. And basically that got, you know, a whole bot- a whole bunch of negative attention. And so they they left Zambia. But the guy who really dug into it, like the journalist that, you know, went back there and was asking questions, I guess what he found out is the was the cameraman says that the person who was firing the gun was the author of this book's son. And so like directly tied into it, wanted for questioning. He found a letter that the husband sent to somebody else that claimed that they'd killed two other people before this event happened. Um, Apparently like after they killed him, they like picked him up with a helicopter, just like dropped him in the Savannah or something for the animals to take it like super just, messed up stuff there are like too many parallels between this and the plot of this novel yeah so that's that's the most troubling thing is like (laughs) yeah so she's wanted for questioning this murder of someone you know who was killed how how old was the son and how long ago did it happen it happened in the late 90s i think and i'm not sure how old the son was but he was he was an adult um the show aired in 1996 Okay. It took place in 1995, the thing that they filmed. But yeah, it's like this person commits a murder and like doesn't talk about it and keeps it to themselves. And then at the end, big twist, they actually did do it, but it was justified. So it's okay. It's like, okay, this is a little too close to uh, the the plot of the book. So I don't know. I just thought that was really crazy. And um I mean, if rappers can be prosecuted for the things that they rap about, I feel like Delia Owens can be prosecuted for writing a novel about why murder is good, actually. After having done a murder. And it's still, it's an open case. There's no statute of limitations on murder in Zambia, so they still want to question her, but it's not going to happen. It's crazy. I didn't know about that until I think last night or the night before Chad was telling me about that. And it just seems wild that this book would get published, but I it, apparently people loved it, really loved it. And by the way, I don't know if you're done yet, but I will talk about my um, erratic rates, Goodreads rating system. <laughs> I just, I just have one more thing and then I'm done. But my my maybe favorite part of the news story was how they left Zambia and they moved into like rural Idaho somewhere and tried to be like all bossy with the neighbors about how to do like conservation efforts for the bears and the people in That's Idaho just would not take stuff. their crap. <laughs> They're like, shut up. We don't care about your conservation efforts. We'll do whatever we want with the bears. This is something I've never place. said before and will never say again. Good for Idaho. so that's it you can go rachel okay um why is idaho like full of murderers that's really weird and sad but But, um okay so my i'll just start off with my goodreads rating system since that got brought up um if i love 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 a book it gets five or sometimes zero 
depending on if I want to rate it. Because if it's kind of like a controversial book or something, I might just not rate it at all, even if I loved it. Um, if I kind of liked it, usually still gets a five. If I was like annoyed a lot by it, sometimes I might still give it a five. <laughs> so I, I like, I feel bad for authors that if if I gave them a bad rating, I don't know. If I really, really hate something, I'll give it a two or a three. So, yeah. So this got a four, this book. I didn't love it, but I don't understand. People were just like, this is the best book. We have to read this. Our book group read it and everyone loved it so much. And it got so much positive attention. I don't, and now having seen the story, I'm like, why yeah yeah and um I'm sure it was the same for Sean but I figured it out really quickly yeah that was like immediately what I thought was going to happen so I was like okay the twist is going to be that this doesn't happen but and how did you how did you figure it out because I thought she was just a naturalist that's what I was told was that she was just a naturalist and this was her first book which is weird because that's not really true about her. But anyways, um, and so I was thinking, oh, well, that's good. You know, that's nice because she does talk a lot about the animals and that's good. So she's not that great at fiction, whatever. So of course I boost up my rating a little. <laughs> and, um, and I figured it out because she's talking about the animals doing all these things. And it's like, okay, well, this obviously this lady is going to go and kill just like the animals anyway I don't know if that's how you got it I don't know to me it it just seemed like the trope like the thing that should happen is that the you know powerless woman who's out on her own is secretly strong and able to you know solve her own problems which I mean that shouldn't be a twist but that's kind of like how it's presented in a lot of fiction like okay this is what I expect to happen and so I was waiting for the book to kind of go in a different direction and maybe Tate was going to do it or maybe really it was an accident or something but like the stuff about the animals and everything else along the way it's just like okay like she did it there's no there's no twist yeah and book, I was so surprised sorry no in the book does it like go it. into how she did it not really it's pretty uh, it follows the movie pretty closely yeah um yeah my book group was just they everyone was like I had no idea that was really gonna happen and I was just like this is weird you guys are maybe you don't read enough I don't know I'm really bad at like murder mysteries I never get the right person because I don't pay attention very much so I was like this is really easy if I got it this is easy anyway that's that um I chose the movie because the quilts there were supposed to be a lot of quilts there were a lot of scenes with quilts but there was only two quilts that I noticed and the one patchwork quilt was the first one it was beautiful it was a very pretty quilt um and the second one that was from her childhood she used it until I think her dad left and then the second one was only in for I think maybe one scene um and she was I think around the time she published her first book and it was a cathedral windows which is like 
incredibly difficult to make. So I'm not sure where she got it because anybody who would have a cathedral windows quilt, I think would keep it for themselves and not give it away. So it was either like somebody who it's it's a very difficult quilt to make is all I can say. Like somebody whose grandma made it because she got a lot of hand-me-downs from the black couple. What was their name? I have terrible names. Jumper. Jump, jump in and his wife, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I just don't believe that that would be a hand-me-down unless the family had no idea like how special that quote was. Okay, I 10,000% agree and I forgot to mention this because I didn't notice it until like almost the end when she's sleeping under it and I was like, is that a cathedral window quilt? Like there is yeah. absolutely no way because first of all, like she didn't get it from her mom because her mom didn't seem like the type. No. And where did she get it from? She didn't buy it because it would be really expensive for mm -hmm. sure. Or it was after she got money that I first noticed it. So maybe, maybe she did buy it. But if she had it before then, then no. But yeah, like that's not a hand-me-down quilt unless like maybe somebody died and they just gave a bunch of stuff. Like they didn't have any descendants. I don't know. But I'm glad, I'm glad that that was the one that I'm so glad you noticed it <laughs> I was like this is crazy like I will never make a quilt like that I don't know anyone that would make a quilt like that it's just too it's too it's beautiful but like too fussy too much work you know so oh for sure to make a whole quilt like I've seen people make pillows I might make a pillow but a whole quilt no way for sure not what is <laughs> a what's a cathedral window Quilt. Uh, let me full find some pictures for you. I guess I could have done a Google search. I'm sorry. Is that like but, applique? Like what about it's it? It's like, it so the way that you sew it is you like, I can't even remember. It's been too long since I researched this, but you, you have, have these like, fold it. yeah, it's kind of applique because you have these multiple layers and then you fold mm -hmm. part down and like and tack it down. So, so they're that it, circular. It's, Google it's very interesting. Store. I looked into how to make it a long time ago, but yeah, same. And then it was like, I will never <laughs> do that. So in the in the book, kind of late in the book, they reveal that both of her parents were from like pretty normal backgrounds. Her mom was from New Orleans and the dad, maybe the dad was from Asheville. I don't remember, but like they came from normal kind of wealthy families, which is another thing that kind of bug me because like they want it both ways they're normal people but they're also swamp trash so I don't know that they were thinking about any of that when they made the movie but at least from the point of view of the book it could have been something that was in the family that somehow made it through everything they went but the dad would have burned it that's right true. he might have yeah but maybe because the <laughs> land they said that the land was her grandfather's right like he was the one that originally bought it Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so that was the quilt. Um, yeah, the quilts were way too fancy. Even the first one, very, very clean. The patchwork quilt, I was like, there's no holes in that. My kids have holes in quilts that I've made for them. <laughs> like, they use them a lot. And if she was only using that, it would be so dirty and full of holes. And um, yeah, the accent thing drove me nuts the whole time. I've been to North Carolina one time and I just remember like the thick, thick accent that people have. Yeah, especially like in those like rural coastal regions. Rural. Yeah. Like I thought come, growing up in California, I thought it was like a fake, like people were faking it. 
But when I went and visited North Carolina, I was like, no, this is real. Like people actually speak <laughs> this way. It was eye-opening. I, I was ready to be like offended by like the foghorn leghorn over-exaggerated southern accents in the movie. But it was yeah. like the it was the opposite of that. There were moments where it felt like um at least some of you will get the reference in Troll 2, how everything <laughs> is just like so enunciated. Like there are moments where I, I'm expecting a thick Southern accent and they're like, you need to go out and see the world, spread those yes. wings. And it's like, yeah, like they can't let go like of that? their drama school education. And <laughs> like, honestly, the Foghorn Leghorn, like over the top accent would have been way closer to the truth because like, truly i cannot understand people sometimes in some places yeah and it's it's not an exaggeration sometimes i will say but that type of accent is definitely more like louisiana deep south than like coastal carolinas but yeah the accents man they could have tried a tiny bit harder Mm -hmm. yeah and um so Chase's was the closest, his accent was the closest, but even his was pretty mild. Um, how could everybody leave Kaya? I was heartbroken. Like I did cry openly twice and I never cry in movies. And is it because it was so unreal like we were talking about before? Like that would never happen, but I don't know. She was so cute. Just a little, little thing. And the youngest, I was imagining my Paul. Like, there's no way not you, Paul. <laughs> oh, I also appreciate <laughs> that you wouldn't leave me just to, like, <laughs> to have to live with that bad dad. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like, there's no way. Anyway, somebody would have gotten her. Just someone would have come back and gotten her. I just can't believe it. Um, as far as the Spanish moss, like the scenes that I made up in my mind while I was reading the book were much better than, I think they just didn't do very good on the cinematography. Um, I felt like, um, Death on the Nile was amazing on the big screen and I wanted to be feeling like I was there and I didn't feel like I was there ever and that first scene Chad and I were both just like it's a CGI bird come on you couldn't have got a real one I know it's like the beginning of Forrest Gump I was like what I thought the same thing yeah Yeah, it was like that leaf scene with all the leaves like that that was my least favorite scene of the whole movie that was the moment that I knew this movie was never gonna be for me (laughs) <laughs> it was supposed to be a prime moment and it was just silly it was reduced yeah. to silliness um was the leaf just, scene in the book the leaf scene i don't not know not like that i when did you read it sean just recently i yeah i just i think mostly within the past week but i was listening to it and since i kind of decided i didn't like it maybe a quarter of the way in i wasn't paying as much yeah. attention as i would have if i really loved it Mm-hmm. yeah I know it's been three years for me so I don't remember I actually did think that it was going off um, by having Tate teach her because I literally thought that she had gone 
to the school, but was kind of an outcast at the school and that she had this teacher that was kind of taking her under the, under her wing and teaching her. And this teacher was the one that like this female teacher was the one that had told her to get published. No, she went, they, they kind of mixed that all up, but in the book, she did go to school just the one day. And then there, there was a, a woman from the school that was like trying to track her down and get her to come to school. And I forget the exact scene, but she, um, there was another guy that was a little bit more, um, I don't know, felt more like a police officer, somebody trying to get her in trouble. And she saw her hiding in the woods and didn't like rat her out. So she was kind of on her side, but um, never like an educator. And then there was, um, Tate eventually gets her to go to the library. So there was a librarian that kind of is just feeding her books, you know, not really educating her, but there, there was somebody kind of in that role. And then the whole publishing thing that they mixed up the order of things to make it work a little bit better dramatically, which I'm kind of surprised they didn't do it this way in the book too, because it makes more sense. But like Tate comes back from college and they kind of have like a rough friendship after she already hates him for, for leaving her. And he, that's when he suggests that he should get, um, she should get the stuff published. And like, it happens immediately. And it's after she gets the $5,000 check that she goes to the tax office and finds out how much it is. And it's only 800, so she can pay it right away. It's not like, oh, she has to work for this thing so she can have her land. It's like everything just fell into place. So I don't know. Emily, I think the least believable part of this whole movie was that when she finally wrote to the publishing house, they write her back immediately and say, we loved your stuff. We want to publish it like ASAP if you if it's really complete like you said like we're gonna turn it around as fast as we can and publish it yeah (laughs) only only celebrity authors ever get that like Madonna or Oprah or Jimmy Fallon and everybody else even if you've won like serious 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 like literature awards you're Maybe it going. was like the Stone Age of books, and nobody had ever published a book about the yeah. South before in the sixties. <laughs> that hot market for seashells. Yeah, yeah. So many unbelievable things. So in the book, I liked the setting, but the movie is just like her face all the time. Mm-hmm. And when they do go to the setting, it's not the actual setting of what I've seen in North Carolina like you guys said too. And um, let's see. And they also got rid of a ton of the animal metaphors, if I'm remembering correctly. There was far fewer animal um, metaphors in the movie than in the book. And I felt like that detached her from the swamp even more compared to the book. Um, She was too clean, too beautiful no scars very mild tempered even though she would get upset a couple times most of her was too normal like i would expect her to be just crying in her bed for no reason (laughs) a lot more often and there was no like she, she was always just ready to go strong and healthy and pretty what happened to her when she was nine years old and had a fever for three days you know like it doesn't anyway or doesn't when she would up. have her first period and there would be no female that, anybody to tell imagine her imagine how terrifying that would be oh really yeah she's so she's 
meeting Tate right when it's happening. Like oh, he shows right. up and she thinks that mm -hmm. she's just getting sick and he has to explain to her like what a okay. period is. And it's like, oh my gosh. So she's supposed to be like this biology whiz kid who's learning about everything and just picks up everything but she has never heard of menstruation and like i hate that it, it was it was so bad <laughs> but that a boy so from much. this but that a boy from the 60s would have it. <laughs> like the the wherewithal he's like oh actually <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's awesome oh, yeah that's from the 60s yeah like he doesn't even have sisters he's just raised by his dad so yeah he knows yeah. a whole lot about periods <laughs> Oh man. All right. Again, unbelievable. Okay. Um speech was way too ordinary, not even any slang. There was no slang at all. It was very disappointing. Um she looked just like the other girls in town. She was a little bit more tomboyish, I suppose, but she looked just like them. No dirty fingernails. Like she didn't wear shoes in the marsh. Her feet would be at least half an inch thick on the bottom and just completely brown, you know? Um, wet, stained marsh clothes. She was always dry. Never any wet clothes, except for when she was actually in the water. Even then, it felt like her clothes would just dry instantly. So, yeah. I said, her my kids get... so cute, too. Those were really cute, adorable clothes. <laughs> yeah. Like, I want that wardrobe. Bird free. <laughs> Hand me downs. Um, yeah, no holes in any of our clothes. Um, yeah, I said, my kids get dirtier just sitting in the backyard. <laughs> you know, what if she had bronchitis? Are the squirrels giving her stuff? Like, I don't know. Is this like a fairy tale for the animals? It's like a dark Disney princess. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she should have like blood stains all over her house. Mm. And sheets. Let's be real. Mm. Um, also, legs. like, who is fixing up her house? Why is her screens, why are all of her screens in perfect repair? And the door's not off the hinges. I kept thinking, like, what's going to happen when she gets her first roof leak? Or, what, like, when it floods? Because yeah. she lives yeah. in a freaking marsh yeah. at literal sea level. It's going to happen one time, at least, in those, like, 20 years that she's living by herself. Uh, however, Probably three times, you know. Or maybe our weather is way worse now than it was at that time period. But... She must have gone up to high ground and just camped for a few weeks. I don't know. Like, Should we look at historical <laughs> hurricane tracks from the 1950s yeah. and 60s? I bet we could find the tide tables from the 60s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is it bad of me to be so concerned about all these things? I'm just like, I can't handle it. Okay. Um, I probably have more notes about all of that stuff, but I guess the thing that really, really always disappoints me in book groups and everything is just how much women are always just reduced to like a romance novel. And it, it bothers me because it's not just a trope. Like a lot of my friends just care about romance novels. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's all they want to read or watch and I remember being like that 
And that's why I like, anyway, I had this um, experience with somebody in my ward. And the first time that I met her, like five years ago, she said something really strange that really put me off because it was like an immediate judgment of me. And, but she's also an influencer on Instagram and she has like 30,000 followers. And I just don't get it because everybody really loves her. What's her handle, name and shame? I know. <laughs> <laughs> she was Rachel. Yeah. on the text (laughs) um she brings up a lot of she studies things she's all into natural medicine and all this stuff and of course her studies just are whatever she thinks fits into her thought processes of what's happening um I'm gonna be really judgmental and so she, she presents herself as like this very knowledgeable person. And we were at like a girls night thing. And I'm just like, okay, well, she's here. I'm here. I'm just going to be friendly. And maybe I was too harsh in my judgments of her, whatever. Well, and she starts saying like how much she loves to read. She reads all the time. And I was like, oh, you should come to our book group. You know, she's like, oh no, I don't think that would work for me. I'm like, what? Why not? You too good for it? You know, like why? And she's like, well, it's not that kind of kind of reading. Like, I don't do that kind of reading. I'm like, what do you mean? Oh, I just read romance novels, just cheesy romance novels every night to put me to sleep and get my mind off of everything. I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, you can still come. Like, maybe we can read one. Oh no, it's not. And I can't do that. You know. And I was just like, I kind of thought about it, and I'm not sure, but I think that might be the defining moment when I was just like, I'm done with any romance in any and that's why I'm so negative about movies that are just about it's all about the romance for the girl like even Jane Austen movies and things like that that's all that matters right and so I'm just kind of done with that anyway so this movie I felt like really got reduced from even the book was kind of silly but even from that like you said Jessica it was like a lifetime movie it was just so reduced to her romances and that silly scene with the leaves and um what did I write about it like mm, the producers of the film reduced it down to a few kisses in a well-manicured backyard with a CGI leaf tornado (laughs) (laughs) um so that's a big deal for me and I think I wanted to talk about that because it kind of always comes up as a theme for me in my criticisms of all the movies um okay so and then I'll just go over the rest of my notes which are long but I'll try to be quick the second half of the movie was much better because she punches Chase she gets her books published but then she just immediately takes her clothes off for Tate uh, I get that the story like needs her to be in love with the two men and see the side of Chase that was like her dad so that she could prevent him from hurting her. Spoiler alert, AKA murder him. <laughs> um, but it's too, it's too much cutesy romance and not enough of the jail scene that I was talking about before, before the verdict. Um, Paul, you didn't hear that when I was talking about that. So, mm-hmm. um, and you haven't seen it yet probably because it's at the end, but there's a scene in the jail right before the verdict is to be announced 
or not the verdict, but maybe it is, but I think it's right before they're going to judge her. Anyway, she says to her lawyer that um, they're not judging her. The jurors are judging themselves because her whole life, they've just treated her like horribly. And she's always been this good girl who never cared about them and just wanted to live her life. And so if they judge her as a murderer, then that's um, basically like a mirror on themselves. Um, One thing I do want to mention is that every time I saw her illustrations, I was like, Carrie's way better than that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Seriously. I really love Carrie. There's one picture of the praying mantis where it was beautiful, but then there's like scribble around it. And I'm like, who would put that much effort into like this beautiful drawing and then like crap out a background like that? (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) I didn't notice the quilts, but I noticed the drawing. Yeah. But thank you, Rachel. That was sweet. (laughs) We did really like her website for my work. Just kidding. (laughs) You should definitely publish. Um, We did really like her nose because it was just not like a perfect plastic surgery nose and so it was one of the things in the movie that wasn't perfect um and Chad and I I didn't realize it but simultaneously in our minds we were thinking that and then he said it openly and I was like I know um yeah you think she looked like Anne Hathaway too yeah she looks like Anne Hathaway I was also thinking like where's the home repair tools like she should have a hammer hanging up somewhere anyway so yep those are my notes and I wish it had turned out to be better I think it had a lot of potential I think it could have been good if it had the right like cinematography and grittiness to it it wasn't gritty enough um Paul what did you think about it everyone else is gone already oh everybody else okay so um I think from the i think i'm about halfway through um for what it's worth i've seen tate's uh birthmark in between his pecs you know what i'm talking about did anybody else notice that like the first time he takes off his shirt is like that dude's got a third nipple like right here but i don't know if that's indeed what it is but he's got like this pretty prominent like birthmark right here and i i feel like the the cinematographers like went out of their way to like not have it show up more than it needed to you know and so uh uh, i don't know if there are any reddit threads about that but they're they're probably they probably exist um it was really interesting i hadn't been able to put words to the thought but like when you guys said about the that the whole thing felt fake i was like what's really interesting to me is there have been a couple of movies a little maybe we could call them like the swamp movies that are kind of told as fairy tales, maybe three that I'm thinking of right now. And maybe just like saying out loud, this is fairy tale. Like at the very beginning, like I, I accept it for what it is like, Oh, this is a fairy tale. But then like the, the various motifs of fairy tales go through, but it feels real to me because right at the beginning, somebody said, this is just pretend. And then I hop into the world. Um, I was thinking of beasts of the Southern wild and, um, mud you know that one uh 
Ty Sheridan, Matthew McConaughey, Reese Witherspoon. And then recently there was one called Underground Railroad, where it's kind of this one bubble off magical realism, like a reimagining of um, what the Underground Railroad was. Like, what if there really was a train that went underground and African-Americans really built the thing? Anyways, um, all of those that had kind of this magic felt real. And then this one that's supposed to be very grounded in reality felt fake the whole time. And so I don't know. I, I don't know what that means, but um, I did have a similar uh, response to her eyebrows that looked like, yep, somebody's taking care of their eyebrows and uh, lipstick that glimmers like and shines. And I was just like, because, and and this is the huge double standard that I think almost anybody can admit exists. It's like women in film are expected to wake up looking like tattooed makeup, whereas men can kind of just have hair coming out of their shoulder blades and anything else. And it's, it's not a big deal. So it's super not okay. But um, so I'm halfway through and Rachel, when you said that, like you cried, I was like, Oh, now that the fatal confession has already happened, I'm going to fatally confess too. So as a former elementary school teacher, um, anytime something is in a school, like any, any kind of movie, like where it happens in a school, my first response, I think, to protect myself is that's not how school really is. You know, like you don't just walk down the aisle and have people like rhythmically say, you're stupid, you're ugly, we hate you, you're the worst. Like everybody just stares at you and that doesn't come out for weeks or even months or or the first recess, but it's never like, you know. But then, so after I reject oh, that's a fake school. It doesn't happen like that. I also like immediately start mapping kids who did get bullied and, and like that didn't have beautiful experiences. And I don't know, Carrie, maybe the, you're like this too because you've worked in the schools and like you, you've seen all of these, um, the little guys who do get picked on and but they just get picked on, picked on, picked on, picked on. And then usually there's not like a beautiful ending to them. Like they have, really hard lives that you know really hard childhoods that oftentimes extend into really hard adolescence and really hard adulthoods and so even though I knew it was fake even though it felt like the Forrest Gump scene when he's walking onto the bus even though all of that when this little girl just like runs out of the school I was like yep I'm verklempt it happened I'll admit <laughs> so so uh it totally so that little piece still got me um i hadn't paid attention to the accents i don't think like linguistically i have a a trained enough ear but i will say even with the fake bird that felt like um the intro of forrest gump when it when it has the feather blowing all over the place like the swamplands and the wetlands like they really are otherworldly to me. Like a kid who grew up in the American Southwest and the places that I, that I have lived in my time haven't looked like that. And every time a movie is set in those places, like I'm fascinated by it. I can't look away just like if in the same way that I've never been to Mars or that I've never been, you know, to, to other galaxies or something. I'm just looking at him like, 
what what's happening how how can trees grow where there are four feet of water and then the tree you know before there's any and i know it's it's probably so simple and to anybody who's been around it it's it's nothing but i remember when um i was living in brazil and i told people that i was from arizona they'd be like oh like the place that has those things that go like this when it's windy and i was like what yeah like the place that has those things that go like this when it's windy and they're just describing tumbleweeds and they didn't care you know that i couldn't speak the language or that i like that my skin was peeling off they just thought it was so fascinating that i lived in a place that had a a little bush that they didn't have in their tropical paradise <laughs> so anyways um all of these things are only sort of connected to the movie but i'm only sort of uh halfway through but i do want to ask you guys one question okay so the two romantic interests they are tate and what's the other guy chase, chase. okay tate and chase prior to even like any language coming out of their mouths i was trying to figure out how come like like do you guys understand what they did to you to like kind of manipulate your feelings so that you knew chase was already going to be good and and how come you are or excuse me tate was already going to be good and chase was already going to be bad like how did that before even they said anything like the first frame, you're like, oh yeah, good guy, bad guy. And I was I was trying to figure it out and I haven't been able to put my finger on that yet either. I think part of it, at least for Tate, is like you met him as a little boy and oh, saw yeah, like and he how likes, sweet he was and looked out for shoves the dad and stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And for me, knowing Chase was gonna be the bad guy, it was like the very first time you meet him, he's a corpse in the swamp, right? And the cop says he was the best football, the best quarterback <laughs> this town has ever seen. And I was like, oh, that guy's a shithead. I'm He's sorry. But like, you know, if that's the best thing yeah. they can say about him, yeah. he's a terrible human being. He's a former homecoming king. He can't be in the dead in the swamp. <laughs> yeah. Good call. Good call. Yeah. I was trying to figure out if it was like this physiological thing, like where like a wider broader neck we're like oh that guy's he he's too muscly and like we're not going to trust him whereas the other guy's more slender and we i get to pay attention to his third nipple between so, his pecs <laughs> you missed this part of the conversation but did you think that they looked alike oh we many of us were kind of confused and thought that they might be the same person for a while oh okay i just kept like Thinking, Once you see them grown up anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they just like didn't really look like the 50s or the 60s, even in, I was just like, they, you know, like how hard would it be to just to get like an accurate haircut? Or how hard would it be just to... Apparently you know, really hard. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So, hmm. But I will say this, when I, I was not a film major, I was like a pre-film major. I never even became a film major but i remember a professor saying one time i think this is actually a professor that chad sold dish network to at one point so that's the connection chad took a class with this guy and he also sold this guy a dish network that he didn't know he needed until he until chad was there um but he said when you make your own crappy movie you realize how hard it is 
even to make a crappy movie. Um, and I've I've never made a feature length film, but I but I think like whatever type of art you pursue, like like, like there's something to that. Like if you've ever tried to sculpt with clay and you're like, mm, even the crappy stuff super hard. Or if you tried to draw something you're like, yeah, that doesn't look real. Or if you've tried to write a song or, and, and so then I mapped that onto my little world where um, the creative works that I've tried to get published have it like gotten to various levels. And then at some point somebody's like, sorry, man, like your nerdy academic articles will take, but your creative works like keep, keep on trying. And so that, that was hard for me when the, when the book was such a fast sell and like, it didn't have to go through multiple editors or that like people didn't say, how dare you send us a manuscript without an agent? Like we don't accept anything. This is just a desk rejection. <laughs> so that, um, so I think mostly the the first half of the movie, I've just been unveiling a bunch of my own inadequacies. And then apparently that'll probably continue out throughout the second half, I guess. I totally agree on the art thing. Um, the reason I chose this is because there were supposed to be a lot of quilts in it and I'm a quilter. Mm -hmm. And like, I've been quilting, I've been involved in quilting since I was born, basically, because my grandma's a super quilter she's passed now but she was always quilting and we she would always set up a hand quilting loom in her um living room and then we would get together as a family and come in here and quilt things together usually just stuff like service project stuff to give away but sometimes things that she was actually wanting to keep and so I just grew up with that and then I lived with her and then I my cousin and I took a quilting class together and then, um, and I actually got to use her singer, her black um, ancient singer that only does a straight stitch. So that was awesome. But um, I never finished the quilt from the class. And then I kind of just didn't quilt at all or anything until she passed away and I got her mm -hmm. fabric. I had made a couple before that because Chad's mom is also a big quilter and so she like took me under her wing and like would send me stuff to make all the time but once I got her fabric I was like yeah I'm told I can totally do this and that and I'm so good you know I just had this confidence because I'd always been around it and then I start doing things and I'm like I really suck yeah <laughs> it's terrible oh yeah my <laughs> why did I um... think I was good at this my parents before they sold out and got real jobs um they were both like professional actors and so i my mom like would direct like the high school plays and she was the choir director and stuff and i never told her this when i was young but i was like terrified to do anything in front of her because i was like she's too good at the thing you know um and I never, I never sang out loud until I was a married person. And my wife is also kind of a performer, but like, it was a terrifying, terrifying thing because like the standard of excellence that I was surrounded with. And I have a brother who's a, uh, an illustrator and like, it can be pretty debilitating. Like, you know, I can draw something on my kids like lunch bag or something but then when my brother 
is in the house with me like suddenly like the sharpie marker i just put it like down on the counter because it can be super hard when when you perceive that like somebody's talent you know exceeds yours exponentially or and i think very rarely do those people come across as judgmental because they recognize like hey, even that crappy thing that you drew like at one point they were there too but um I know the inferiority complex was pretty high for a long time slash probably still exists. Yeah. Yeah. Does anyone else have anything to say about the movie? Oh, I wanted, I forgot about it until Paul brought it up. But when she did go to school for the first time, like as a former teacher, I was so disappointed in that teacher. Like, yeah. students yeah. were talking to the brand new student that obviously has issues going on I would have rained hell down on those students. Yeah. notes home and like right there and then too like I would have like I I think I have kind of think, soft think about the time period you could have hit those kids oh, I, I know oh they would have known better it just makes you think the teacher really didn't want her there that's what yeah I was that's yeah that's what i was thinking but still like just the principle of the thing mm-hmm. anyway like if you're trying to bring up these kids to be you know good civil polite mm-hmm. young ladies and men then you would not let them get away with crap like that yeah but totally anyway that was very hard to watch yeah another part that felt kind of unbelievable but I did have a teacher Owen Owen's third grade teacher told him that he wasn't good at writing so you a third grader (laughs) yeah he believed it it wasn't until fifth grade when I had been homeschooling him for over a year that I finally convinced him that he's a good writer. Jeez. Yeah. Who does that? Turns man? out she got fired. So yeah, that, that's <laughs> what I want that? to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get her out of there. Get her out of there. Man. A happy ending. Yeah. It is a happy ending. <laughs> it's okay to kill her actually. <laughs> she said Amen. a mean, she said a mean thing to a kid. She should die. <laughs> that's right that's what the movie's about (laughs) yeah but it's have you do you guys feel like you've already discussed sufficiently and and probably you have because i came very late to the game like um why this thing sold 12 million copies or why it was you know book honestly i think it was probably just because reese witherspoon liked it and added it to her book club and it Uh, got really oh yeah a ton of attention that way and like, everybody at, puts a lot of or a certain type of person puts a lot of weight yeah on stuff like that or like oprah's book club you know oprah's so, book club. yeah yeah i think that's the only reason why because to me and like i say this while also saying rachel i don't think this was a bad pick i enjoyed watching it i've enjoyed talking about it um i've also enjoyed bagging on it just <laughs> 10 out, well, 10 like- out of 10 it out of 10 experience. But. Great to me because I'm always like crude, really critical about all the other movies. And then at the end of like Chad, am I a horrible person? He just looks at me like, you kind of have a lot to say. 
no way that's a wonderful thing especially if you feel safe saying it you know like because (laughs) it better it better be like that like if the love's not lost having a an opinion about art that's fine yeah yeah you guys still love me thank you yeah absolutely and we love your opinions (laughs) Mm -hmm. and but the thing about this story is like this didn't just it did not feel original to me in any way. And maybe like, I haven't read the book, so I don't know, maybe there's something wonderful about the way that she expresses herself, this possible murderess. And um, maybe there's something there that didn't quite come through in the movie, but yeah, I can't like, aside from the book club thing, I don't, I don't know what distinguishes this book from a million other like adult literature books that are published every year. And fade into yeah that that was actually something that was really interesting about the adaptation to me and a lot of the book reviews from people that didn't like it agreed with this is the best part of the writing was like her nature writing Mm. just you know bits and pieces where she's describing you know the swamp and the animals and whatever and for the movie like that was the most interesting part of the movie was the setting like oh here's Mm. this cool swamp so Mm -hmm. i don't know that's all interesting Yeah, I wanted more of that. And I wanted her sitting outside on the, like, just sitting outside in the heat and, like, fanning herself and, like, having the noise of all the bugs. Like, maybe she got bit by mosquitoes because there's probably thousands of mosquitoes out there, right? Like, I just wanted more of the nature. But Also, now that you mentioned, like, what happened when she got sick the first time and Sean shared the hurricane map, I'm like, I would have really loved to watch her, like, going through a hurricane mm-hmm. alone for the first time and how terrifying truly that would have been terrifying for us like it's terrifying as an adult (laughs) Mm -hmm. going through something like that so it would I think it would have made for interesting watching if they had and probably interesting reading if that had been less that kind of stuff had been included yeah more survivalism or something yep oh I listened to um my favorite murder the podcast it's one of my favorites i'm like every episode when they have an advertisement like 90 percent, it's this movie so weird that's annoying yeah. <laughs> that, that might have like been a vote against it going as you the- start to like twitch because yeah yeah <laughs> that's funny like i fast forward it but if i'm like on a walk outside with my dog then it's a lot harder to get to the oh. phone anyway that's all that doesn't really add anything to the discussion (laughs) I have have one more thought that doesn't add anything to the discussion but um some people call them crawdads and some people call them crawdaddies and some people call them crawfish and some people call them crayfish and this is something I never really cared about at all but people in Louisiana care a lot about that and they call them crawfish and they hate when people call them anything but crawfish so <laughs> i have adopted that opinion as one of my own and we do crawfish <laughs> boils at our home and i wish it were called where the crawfish sing that's all mm, yeah <laughs> that's true crawdads is western <laughs> do crawfish make yeah. sounds like when they're hanging out in the water do they what well because it says where the craw or the crawdad thing so is that like a literal? I think it's just a saying for like, you're so far out in the swamp that you're like out where the crawdads sing where, you know, they don't sing. But like, that's how far out you are. are. The only time Way they in sing the swamp. is you're... when they're being like sizzled in the pot. They sound like... <laughs> yeah. And that's like for real. It's super <laughs> sad.
Yeah, because I wasn't thinking about what crawdads were, so I was picturing, I think, like, cicadas, and then I never heard any, like, loud bug noises in the movie, and it turns out it wasn't bugs. Anyway. I have one thing to add that's even further away, meaning nothing about the movie whatsoever, except, 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 uh, seeing Jason and Will and Chad was the coolest thing ever. Like, cause I hadn't seen Jason and Will for 20 years. I think I'd seen Chad like 10 years ago over at the little dinner where Anthony didn't show up cause he was throwing up. It was the craziest thing to have to fast forward these guys who now had, hey, we're all turning 40 wrinkles and <laughs> hey, like our hair doesn't grow out of the top of our heads. And it was, it was awesome and it was also like semi-bizarre because the last time I'd seen any of them they were 18 years old and so it has nothing to yeah, do with actually that does, that does cut tie, bleh, kind of tie into the movie because I was thinking she's really young but she kind of looks older she looks quite mature but then sometimes she looked very young and I was thinking what was I like at that age like I I kind of looked like I was wearing makeup even though I wasn't like at age 20 you kind of glow and stuff especially if you exercise or whatever and I can't I think like in my mind that I'm still like 29 or like 28 but then I'm 40 I turned yeah. 40 in October and like I'll look at actresses or whatever that are 40 and or just kind of think about it here and there I didn't think it was a big deal I was excited to turn 40 super happy because and also I'm like growing out my hair so it's pretty gray especially right here beautiful gray spot mm -hmm. and um so I was super happy to just like be feeling like I I and I feel like um the what is that book called it's like the art of not giving enough you know I don't know I kind of feel like that a lot now that I'm 40 mm -hmm. like way more so than I did when I was 20 and it's great. I love growing up, but um, I also just, I was thinking about those things and I don't have a resolution to those thoughts. I'm just still thinking about them and just like being blown away that like, wow, like I'm 40. I'm not 28. I have five children. My oldest child is turning 15. Like yeah. he's going to be driving. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I've lived half a life an average lifespan my my senior prophecy um was paul begins to care which was like, like like i don't and i like i i know how that happened which was i pretended i didn't care about anything because if you didn't care about it then you couldn't be hurt by it right somebody rejects you oh i don't care that doesn't hurt like uh you don't get into whatever school oh i don't care then you're not but then it like it couldn't have been more untrue right like i cared so much about everything and anybody who rejected me it was completely devastating um it's really interesting i was i was walking today like to my car and i don't know why that passed through the synapses but i was like that's my senior prophecy i hope well, I know it wasn't true then. I hope it's not true now. But like the idea of like the things that you do and do not care about, I, like 
I would hope if you're doing it right, like that there's a pretty dramatic shift, right? Like what actually matters, what you're paying attention to, like where you spend your time, your energy. So yeah, what a weird thing. Yep. Agreed. Well, but you, Rachel, talking about aging, that reminded me of how bad I thought the aging process was done in the movie. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like just the makeup job of... Especially her, I just thought it looked really bad. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> to change your your deep thoughts, Paul. No. Oh no, no, no! I I don't know deep thoughts. If if I'm thinking about my senior prophecy, probably not super deep, right? <laughs> like what well, was going on? Part Chad was super confused. He literally didn't realize that she was getting older. He thought it was somebody else, a new character showing up all of a sudden. He <laughs> thought it was the author placing herself into the movie as herself oh. not that the book or the movie was based on reality and so he was like oh now this is the part where they're going to tell you all the things that were real and the real story of how it happened and I kept saying no it's just her like it's, she's just <laughs> growing up and he's super confused about it and then got really mad <laughs> because he realized it was all fiction like, like Taylor hilarious. Swift showing up in her own video. The whole time. I get you. But then he found out that it's possible that she is part of a murder. So maybe it is real. It might be partially true. <laughs> when was this book written? It came out in 2018, I think. It's pretty recent maybe before then was she known for writing any other books before this or is this her first hit do you know she just ha she had this is her first novel she had those non-fiction books about her conservation work in africa but those were apparently pretty big hits for what they were but i think those were written like in the early 90s or something i don't think she'd written anything for a long time at least not published anything okay I also just want to highlight one more fake thing about this story, which is this map of where you live based on what you call the crawfish. And crawdad is apparently not in use really generally along the North Carolina coast. It looks like it's mostly crawfish. Look how red Louisiana is on that map. I was right so about red. that. You were, you, were, you were way closer to the truth than Delia Owens was. <laughs> but she's from Georgia, so she should know. Anyways, that's all. I just wanted to leave you guys with that. That's great. Does anybody else have anything about this or aging in general? We've had a lot of maps on this podcast, and I'm all about that. It's a we map had the crawfish now. map. We had the hurricane map. I really I like that Google hurricane maps map, by to the see way. how far away Asheville was. So oh, no, far, the, right? Great, yeah. It's, it's, it's by Knoxville. And the one time Chad Chad's not here, like it's like five <laughs> five true. maps in the in the chat. You're like what? Yeah, uh, Chad is missing out. <laughs> so who has the next pick, Sean? I do. What? Please be awesome. Please be awesome. Oh, 
I feel like I'm making myself a little bit vulnerable because this is a top three movie for me and it has been for 15 years. Like this is a like solid Sean pick and I'm almost positive Jason's not going to like it and probably some other people aren't going to like it, but I'm I'm ready to have that discussion. It's Harold and Maude. Oh, I thought you were going to say Amelie. No, that's rated R and I still don't know if we do that. Yeah, the top three are always Amelie, Edward Scissorhands, and Harold and Maude. And it just depends which one I saw last, what order they go in. Didn't we do a rated R movie last time? I think they always end up being double features Mm -hmm. where there's like a, you can get out of it if you want to, but you can also embrace the dark side. Yes. Yeah, Harold and Maude. It's streaming on something. It's streaming on a bunch of stuff. It's on YouTube, honestly. Yeah, that uh, I I don't think I know Jason well enough to have like powers of predictive prophecy, but but I I don't know that that's going to be. Yeah, that's going to be hard. That's going to be a hard sell. Grossed out. I don't I don't know for sure if he's going to like it or hate it, but I know he's going to have several things on his list of like, why did they do this? Why did this happen? Yeah. And I'm, Which honestly I'm is like, that. it doesn't matter whether he likes it or not. The joy of listening yeah. to Jason talk about a movie is <laughs> the WTF moments that he brings up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be excited for his take on all the Cat Stevens songs. unexpected WTF moments. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's going to be beautiful. When's the next, when can we meet next? Let me look at Chad's schedule. He said tonight they're going to be singing until 9.30. So three hours or two and a half hours. And then. um, I'm going to be in Louisiana for work for basically the first half of February up until Valentine's Day. So it has to be the second half of the month for me. Okay. Are Wednesdays still good for everyone? Those are the the best for me this semester. So we could do the 15th, the 22nd. The the last week in February is a little bit tough for me too. So the last week as in like the 27th and 28th or yeah like through the first i get yeah exactly like then through the first little part of march i'm sorry so should we do the 22nd yeah good is that good for you or should we do the 15th will you be like back and recovered from your Mm -hmm. but i'm i'm going for a hearing that ends on the 14th like by court order it can't spill over into the 15th so i'll be home Not yeah, for a, a justified murder, a different kind of case. Totally different. <laughs> okay, cool. But yeah, I'm just thinking if we put it for the 15th and all of the people that aren't here on the call can't make it, then it gives us some wiggle room to push it back. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. How does okay. it end? How do you get people to say the eyes have it? I don't know how it goes. Somebody has to <laughs> make the proposal or whatever the thing is. I propose the podcast is over. Two seconds. Uh, Call a second. Coming. <laughs> the eyes have it. 
<laughs> oh, that's beautiful. All right. Until next time, my friendly friends. It's been great. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.